But right now, I'm very excited to talk with Taylor Schroll. And he wrote a song to be on the show. So I wasn't familiar with Taylor. We have friends in common. I know the circles he's in. He, he knows some great people that I know. But I hadn't met him yet. And I was talking about how Michael Gasparro had written a song for the show. And then Taylor says on Twitter, he says, well, I'll write a song for your show if I can come on your show. And here's the part I didn't tell you earlier. So this was like a Friday or Saturday night. Joe and I had had a couple glasses of wine. And no, I was not intoxicated. But, you know, I'd had a couple glasses of wine. It made me very open to new ideas. And I was like, well, let's just get this guy booked. Now, I have since come to see that Taylor is actually doing amazing work. We know a lot of people in common. I'm super excited to have him on the show. But at the moment that I replied to that tweet and said, yeah, 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 let's get you booked. Write a song. Yeah, you can be there. I I didn't know any of that. I just replied to the tweet after a second glass of wine. So that is how some guests get booked on this show. And I will say I've never regretted decisions like that. I've, I've always found those to be some of my favorite guests. I've always, I've always really found that to be great guest booking decision-making. So maybe I should do that. Maybe I should have a policy. I never book guests if I am not drinking wine. I think that that could be a good plan here. All right. We will chat with Taylor Schroll and hear the song that he created for us up next here on the Jennifer Fulweiler show. Can Taylor hear me now? I sure can. Jennifer, how are you doing today? Good, good. I'm so excited that you're on. This will be so fun. I, I'm really excited, too, and I am very happy that I'm only on because you were drinking. Yeah, no, no, no. Since <laughs> then, I, I would have booked you anyway, even when I wasn't drinking, but that's how the initial decision got made. <laughs> how all good. So, yeah, it's, I, I love the work that you're doing, and what would you like to talk about? I do the, the radio show, and I speak and lead worship, so we can talk about that, and I, my main job is I'm a, uh, a missionary in youth ministry, so I'm working to train youth ministers so that uh, youth ministry doesn't fall apart. And we can actually do a good job in America. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really good to talk about, like, how we can in- engage the the next generation of Catholics. So, um, all right, we'll be back in about a minute, and let's – I mean, we can just have – it's like we're, you know, chatting over lunch. I mean, we can just see where the conversation takes us. And now, back to the Jennifer Fulweiler Show. It's really fun, and yeah. Here's Jennifer. Wow. That's good news. Jen Fulweiler, so delighted to have you with me here this afternoon. Come say hello at thejfshow.com. And by the way, if you want to hear yesterday when I was on the air and I didn't realize it, I actually have audio of that and I put it up on Facebook and you can hear that fine moment up on Facebook. Just search for my name, Jennifer Fulweiler. And I am so excited now to be talking with Taylor Schroll. And, you know, correction, before the break, I made it sound like he's only a guest on the show because I was drinking when I booked him. Not the case, not the case. That was, that was the reason for the initial inspiration. I have come to really be a fan of the work that he's doing. He has a great website that you should look up called ForteCatholic.com. And I would have sought this guy out and booked him anyway, even if he had not offered on Twitter to create a fabulous song for the show. So I'm so excited to chat with him. And Taylor, welcome to the Jennifer Fulweiler Show. Hey, Jennifer, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And I don't really care how I got on and whether it involved drinking or not. I'm just happy to be on your airways. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, and Taylor, did, now, how many other people have you offered to create songs for? Is this, is this something that, is this kind of a regular part of your routine? 
No, this is it. Um, I was, I was, I, I, this is the first time I've ever done this. My mom was mad at me that I haven't written her a song yet. Um, yeah. But so uh, I was just sitting there. I was uh, on a mission trip leading worship, and I had like four hours of free time one day. And I saw when you had uh, Michael on, on the show, and he was singing, and you were like, this is a new requirement for all guests. I'm like, well, no other guests will do this, so I'll offer. <laughs> and apparently I tweeted at the perfect time because it's the only reason it worked. <laughs> It, it absolutely, I love the idea. And, and you know, and you're a youth minister. So it, it seems like so many youth ministers I know are also great with music. Is this some kind of requirement that you have to be super talented with music in order to, in order to be a youth minister? Yeah, for those of you that don't know, the actual job requirements of a youth minister is that you have to be musically talented, you have to be good at everything, you have to be good looking, you have to be a millennial, and you have to wear skinny jeans. Uh, <laughs> so, so do you wear skinny jeans? I don't, which is actually why like, I now train youth ministers because I'm not cool enough to like, minister to youth. So I just, I just minister to youth ministers now. Well, people can find out more about you, Taylor, and have you come speak at their events, maybe even sing some songs at ForteCatholic.com. And so, Taylor, before we get into anything else, I want to play this song you made. It is absolutely fabulous. And before we start playing it, tell us about the inspiration behind it. Yeah, so you, you talked about writing songs. The only other person I've ever written a song for is God. So you're in good company. So actually... <laughs> Your mom is next. My, yeah, my, next. My, my, yeah. I skipped over my mom and my wife and went straight to you. So <laughs> sorry, ladies. Um, but actually what this is, I haven't told you this yet. When I sing at Mass, I always write my own music for the psalm. So I take okay. the words and I, and I sing like whatever the, the psalm is. I'm not, I'm not writing scripture, obviously, but I take the words of the psalm of the day and then I put it to music. And that's exactly what I did for this song for you. So I made up the <laughs> chorus. And then just like I would sing the verses, I've actually sang this exact tune to the tune of one of the psalms in mass. So, uh, oh, and it's, and it's like the description of my show, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the chorus I made up, the first two verses – are the description of, of your show that I found on iTunes because I'm, I'm a youth minister and I'm cheap, so I don't have a SiriusXM subscription anymore. So I listen to you on the podcast where it's free. Um, so yeah, that's I, a good plan. Yeah, so I took the podcast description. And then the, the third verse is a little something special just for you. Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't even know if I heard the third verse because I had a child like climbing on my head last night when you sent it to me and, and we were listening to it. So I'm so excited to hear this. Also excited to have the the text of the description of this show compared to the Psalms. I think that, that is, that's, that's a good description. All right. So, so let's pause and take a listen to this fantastic song by our guest here, Taylor Schroll. The Jennifer for while show is all you need. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast on Jen for while as she takes a look, a look at modern life through the lens of a Catholic convert and mother of sex the Jennifer for a show is all you need Jen weaves her humorous stories with insightful commentary on current 
and she interviews fascinating guests. Just like me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Jennifer Fowler Show is all you need. Okay, so maybe I lie. You all need Jesus, and it would be cool too if you listen to my podcast as well. Called Ford a Catholic. Can be found on like iTunes and uh, just like Jens. Look it up on iTunes. It's a lot of fun. Ford Catholic. The Jennifer Fowler Show is almost all you need. Taylor Schroll, that is fantastic. ForteCatholic.com is where people can get more of this fabulousness from you. So yeah, I hadn't heard the end of the song, and that's probably good to tell them. I guess people might also need Jesus in addition to this show. I mean, I, it's a pretty good show, but you know, maybe, maybe there's one other thing. <laughs> yeah, ju- just that one. Other than that, you know. And, and people can hear more of this. I just put it on Twitter. I am Jen Fulweiler on Twitter. That is Jen with one N. And I tagged you so that people can look you up as well. Well, this is absolutely fabulous. And Taylor, how long did it take you to create that musical masterpiece? So last night, I actually recorded two of my shows here in the studio. So I actually wrote that at about 11 o'clock last night, sitting in the <laughs> studio by myself, the only person in this huge building. And I was like okay i need to write this thing and i was like i don't i don't want to be creative and write something so i'm just going to use jen's uh jen's podcast <laughs> podcast description and i was like oh my gosh i can do this like a psalm so the whole process took me about maybe an hour hour and a half i had never recorded music in this studio before so it was interesting just technically trying to figure it out but um, it sounded great yeah thanks it took me about three takes but that was all that was all in one take so All right. Well, Taylor, I I absolutely love it. And and I want to get some of your insights on the great work that you do. I think that you have a very unique calling. And I always say that to my friends who work in youth ministry in every way, in in any way, because I am so overwhelmed by the idea of interacting with children other than my children. It just seems very overwhelming. It is very clear to me that you guys have a special call from God. And so I always love to get your insights on this next generation of Catholics, how we can get young people not just staying Catholic, but actually getting it and being engaged with their faith. And so I want to start, Taylor. It just occurred to me, you and some other youth minister friends of mine, he, and you also work as a missionary and a speaker, but you talk about leading worship. And, you know, I am an atheist to Catholic convert, so there was no worship leading in in the atheist world. We did not get together and, like, gather around and, you know, sing about nothing and things like that. And then just going straight to Catholicism, we don't have a lot of worship leading in the Catholic world. So I'm fascinated by this concept. Tell me what is involved with it. Yeah, so the typical Catholic understanding of who is leading worship, it's typically our priests at Mass, right? So they lead us through the prayers, they lead us through through the Eucharistic prayers and all the, all those, the consecration, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you also think about it like, oh, the music ministers are also leading us in prayer at Mass. So kind of where this idea of worship leading comes from, it's like, okay— 
sometimes we want to pray outside of mass. <gasps> oh, I know. That's an, it's a super uh, what? <laughs> it's, uh, surprising. But we're, we're Catholic, Taylor. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> At least once or twice in a lifetime. So what we kind of do is take that idea. It's like, okay, we don't have a priest around. So and how do we want to lead, especially young people? Young people, young adults love this this kind of praise and worship style. So whenever I'm leading worship, it's it's my job. To, it's essentially I'm just leading people in prayer. So just just like you could do if you you know wanted to pray with your family, which I've done like three times because I'm also a good Catholic. Um, but also <laughs> if you wanted to you know like lead prayer at, at a Bible study or something like that. So whenever I'm singing, whenever I'm playing my guitar, singing, I'm essentially leading people in prayer because so often at, why I love praise and worship so much is and why I love leading worship. It's so often when I go into prayer and I'm just sitting there quietly, I'm like, God, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. And then 60 seconds later, I'm like, duh. And then 60 seconds after that, I realize I'm scrolling (laughs) through Twitter. I'm like, how did this happen? Um, Right, like I'm thinking of my grocery list. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't grocery shop much, but we all have our thing, right? <laughs> um, right we all have our thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So whenever I'm leading worship, essentially what I'm doing is helping people um, for whenever they're struggling with the same thing that I am. It's a we often don't know what to say in prayer. So if we have these songs written for us and they're in a style that helps us to to pray, and it's in a style that's enticing. That's, I think, one of the big reasons why young people like these huge conferences, like the Studentville conferences or Life Teen conferences, is because the music is actually something that naturally appeals to them. So even if they're not interested in their faith, they're like, oh, this song is cool. So hopefully by the end of the weekend, they're actually praying with that, with the lyrics of that song and growing closer to God throughout that week. Yeah, and Taylor, I, I think that us old folks too, just speaking of myself, could you, you think about this a little more about how we could really incorporate music into our faith lives? Because I've seen this too. I've been at the Life Teen and Steubenville and like the Big Seat Conference. And these are these amazing events where you have thousands and thousands of young people. And like you said, music is a big part of it. And then I went to an event for adult women and it was in the evangelical world. So they've got this enormous budget and this massive stage and the lights and everything in this full band. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. And I have to admit, Taylor, I went in a little cynical thinking, you know, this this just isn't going to be for me. I'm not into this kind of thing. And I found myself so moved by this music. And yet it was traditional, you know, praise and worship, Christian music, which I did not think was my thing. But when I was actually there and hearing it and everyone singing along with these lyrics, I have to admit, I really had a, a pretty profound experience of, of God. And I honestly don't know if I would have ended up having that same experience if it weren't, you know, if I were just sitting silently in a room and just doing contemplative prayer. Yeah. And there's that, there's that quote that sometimes people either misquote or don't understand where it's like singing is praying twice. And the actual quote is that singing well is praying twice. Now, before people go crazy, (laughs) it's not singing pretty, you know, with beautiful notes and all these and beautiful timbre and all these things. What he means is like singing well, like with our whole being. So whenever we're we're singing, whether it's at mass or at a praise and worship function or we're whatever we're doing, we're what praying well we, means, what singing well means is that we're singing not only with our lips and our, and our lungs, but we're singing with our hearts. We're singing with our minds. We're like giving um, our entire being to God in those times to try to connect with him. Because I think that's, I mean, that's hardwired in the depths of who we are is that we want to connect with God, whether we know it or not. And then we have these profound moments like you had at that, at that conference where you're like, I shouldn't be liking this, but but I actually kind of am. But I am. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that it, it's such a great point. And you know what illustrates that point about singing with your whole being, singing well in the sense of, of putting yourself into it. I've, on many occasions, I've heard monks or nuns sing, whether I'm visiting a convent or a monastery, and I have never heard them sound terrible. It is always beautiful. And none of these people are professional singers. They certainly didn't join these monasteries or convents just to become singers. And so it just goes to show that when you put your whole self into it and lose yourself in this in this way of worshiping God, you can really create something beautiful, even if you don't think of yourself as being a great singer. Yeah. And I've been around some of the most beautiful worship I've ever been around sounded absolutely terrible. So like some of the most like beautiful and intense times of prayer where like God, God is really working in the group of people that are praying together. Like there's just people screaming at the top of their lungs. And if you're like, if they were a choir, you'd usher them off the stage. But, but it's, they're, they don't care. They're unabashed. They're giving everything that they did. Just like David dancing whenever the ark was coming back into, into Jerusalem. He's just like, I don't care what other people think. I'm going to, I'm going to give my all to God. I'm going to use my emotions. I'm going to use my, my thoughts. I'm going to use my prayers. I'm going to use my soul to, um, to direct myself towards God. I love that. And actually, that reminds me of something that I read. You've got your great website, ForteCatholic.com, and that's where people can contact you to have you speak and find out more about what you do. And one of the topics I saw on your website that you speak about is the idea of complacency. And and that kind of reminds me of what you're saying here. Here we're talking about, you know, just complacency going through the motions when we're singing in the mass or in other types of worship. But I think this extends to really every area of our faith lives. And Taylor, I would say this is probably my biggest struggle. You know, I I can honestly say I don't really struggle with doubt so much anymore like maybe I did early, early on in my conversion, just trying to figure out what we believe. So for me, my struggle tends to be just this idea of, yeah, I'm fine. God's merciful. I mean, whatever. And, you know, my faith life is probably not that great. I'm probably not as close to the Lord as I should be, but I'm sure it's all fine. And and that's complacency. And and I think that, you know, a lot of us have pretty comfortable lives here in, in modern America. We've got our iPhones and we've got our cars and we've got everything we need. And so I think we kind of feel like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get to God eventually, but I'm really not too worried about it. And so give us a taste. Like, what do you say when you speak to people about this idea of complacency? Yeah. So first of all, I'm right there with you. Almost everything <laughs> that I speak about is stuff that I've either struggled with right. in the past or something I'm struggling with, you know, today. So right. this complacency, like for almost all the same reasons that you said, we have comfortable lives. America's great. My life is good. I have a beautiful wife, two beautiful kids, another one on the way. Life is good. I like the work that I'm doing. Everything's great. And a lot of times I don't ne- realize my need for God, that I need yeah. to have these times of prayer. That's why I think the Matt Maher song, Lord, I Need You, has been su- become such a big deal. It's, be- it's especially here in America. It's because we all realize that, that whenever we're singing the words, Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, how often do we actually believe those words? Because I can get through a day without recognizing my need for God. But even just because I don't recognize my need for him, I still need him. I can't get into heaven by myself. I can't, I'm I'm not the Lord. I can't do that, you know? So the the main story that I look at for this complacency talk is we, you know, we can, we dive into it is the story of the rich young man. Because the rich young man comes and approaches Jesus. He's like, hey, I'm doing all the, the basic things that God's telling me to do. I'm doing these holy things, yet I still lack something. And that's one of those key words from that story, because I feel that same way. Even though I can be comfortable, 
whenever I'm not close to the Lord, I know in the depths of my being I lack something, but I don't know what it is. And that's what this rich young man was experiencing. He comes to Jesus, which you think most people in this situation don't do. If you're complacent, you don't go to Jesus because you're fine. But this rich young man has enough um, self-awareness to realize I'm missing something and I know that this guy has it. So he walks up and says, Lord, what, what must I do to, to gain eternal life, gain eternal happiness? And Jesus looks at him, and so often people make this story just about money. And I'm convinced that it's not just about money. He looks at, Interesting. He, yeah, he looks at the rich young man, and Jesus, who knows everything, who, who can read hearts, who, who knows what this man's going, he says, ah, you lack one thing. And he says, give all of your money to the poor and come and follow me. And I'm convinced that that was specifically that young man's last hurdle was his comfortability because he had a comfortable life when he, you know, very rich, lavish life. He was doing all the holy things. He knew he lacked something, even with all this money. And that was the thing holding him back. So, so for me and you, like, I know the things that hold me back in my complacency. So it might not be money for me. I work in ministry. I'll rephrase that. It's not money for me. <laughs> right. You're not. You're not struggling with how to invest your millions that you make as a as a youth minister. Yeah, I had to laugh. There was a group of youth ministers. Right, we went to mass right before this, and the priest in the the prayers. He prayed for the poor, the sick, and the suffering. I'm like, oh, that's us, the people in ministry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, based on what my friends have told me who work in youth ministry, that that sounds about right. Yeah, it's wonderful. So the the rich young man, he walks away sad. Like, he doesn't walk away like, that's stupid, I'm going to go away. He walks away sad because he knows that he has this thing holding him back from full happiness, from being with Jesus, but he's not willing to let it go. So... um, when I talk about complacency, it's like, what is holding you back from, from fully diving into the full life that Christ has for you? Like for, for me, it's, I like easy. I like quick yeah. food. I like playing video games. I like um, being on my phone and all these things. Like some of th- those things can be good things to stress relief, but I often overindulge in those things at the detriment to me praying that day, you know? Yeah, and I, I think so many people can relate to that, and and I, I bet most people listening can even name what that is, that or at least know they have something like that. I think most of us have. There's that one thing. Maybe for some people, it is money, and that's not to say that people, you know, can't have a good investment portfolio and still be really holy. Like you said, because I know people who are, you know, they're, they're, they've been blessed financially, but they are deeply holy people. They are generous. They open their homes to fundraisers for important events. So maybe, you know, just because you have money doesn't mean that's the thing that's standing in your way. But for some people, maybe it is that, or maybe it's, you know, their, their attachment to, um, you know, just like you said, overindulging and just entertainment and, and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's hard because I think part of us does tend to think, yeah, I do kind of need that. Like, I'm not going to be happy <laughs> if I give that up. And like you said, that's probably why the rich man was sad when, when Christ told him that, as we hear in the gospels, that, he kind of thought, well, I'm, I'm not going to be happy without all my stuff, right? Yeah, and it's and like I think it's putting our happiness in the things that we think is going to make us happy. I think that binge watching on Netflix and that playing a video game all day is going to make me happy. But yet in the depths of my heart, like I know that 
and, and like almost everybody feels this. It's that moment in Netflix when it says, are you still watching this? And you have that, that <laughs> six seconds of like, what am I doing with my life? And, right. then, and then you click yes and keep watching. Right, right, right. <laughs> Even Netflix is like, are you okay? This is not normal. You're like, keep it going, keep it going. I need to see episode four. Yeah, so friends, what that, what that actually means <laughs> is that's a message from God saying, have you prayed today? That's, that's what that message really means. Um, but we think these things are going to make us happy. And like I've had in college and like sometimes in the past year where I just, I'm stressed, I'm exhausted, and I run to my video games and I'll play all day. And I think that's going to make me less stressed. And then I get to the end of the day, I'm still exhausted and I'm not less stressed. It's because I'm, I'm putting, I think that I know better than the Lord. And, you know, <laughs> I've tried that a few times. It doesn't right. ever really work out for me. And I, Funny how, how that works. <laughs> he's kind of smart. He's been around a while. He's, very, he's got a lot of experience with idiots like me. So um, uh, one, one of the ways whenever I, I talk to young people about this is that, okay, who knows? And I'll ask you, Jen. Who knows better um, how to use a, a hammer, the carpenter or the hammer? <laughs> That's a great analogy. That's a great analogy. Yeah, so like and I, hammers can't, don't have brains, so they, they don't know anything, right? Like us trying to say we know what's best for us, we know what is going to make us happy, is like saying that I'm the hammer and I know better what a hammer is used for other than the God who created me. So that <laughs> it, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't work. And we see this all the time with people who, a lot of people who are very, very wealthy aren't happy. They're lacking something, they don't know what it is, and they're constantly seeking something to make them happy. And, and it's so funny that you, it's so interesting that you mention there are great, rich Catholics, rich Christians who are great people. And honestly, I absolutely love them because I'm a missionary. So 80% of my salary is from people giving to me monthly. And if it wasn't for rich Catholics, I couldn't be in ministry because there are people <laughs> giving me you know, anywhere from $10 a month all the way to $500 a month so that I can stay in ministry. I couldn't do it without rich people. And there are, there are some people that I know who have tons and tons of money, and they're the most generous people I know. They're always serving the church. They'll, they're always giving amazing amounts of money to the church and supporting uh, ministries like mine, and I, I absolutely love it. It does go to show that like, you, there are no boxes that you can check. Like, oh, if I only have this amount of money, then I must be super holy. It's it just in general in life. It's all about figuring out what is standing between you and God. And Taylor, again, people can look you up at ForteCatholic.com. They can have you share these insights in person, have you come speak at their parish events. And I'm really glad that you brought up that subject of how often we don't really know what is going to make us happy. Taylor, I think that might, have, might be one of the biggest kind of thunder and lightning moments on just sort of a practical level from my conversion. Coming from atheism, I mean, I just took it for granted. I mean, of course, the way to be happy is to sit around and think about yourself and think about what you like doing and then go do those things. And then you're happy. I mean, it just really seemed like one plus one equals two. And then as part of my conversion, I thought, well, I'll, I'll, okay, just, just as an experiment, I'm just going to live as the Catholic Church tells me to live, even though I disagree with like half of this. I'm just going to try it and it's going to make me miserable, but then I can say that I did it. And I found myself with this level of happiness. I mean, even before I had like a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus, I found myself with this level of happiness that I didn't even know I could experience. And I was kind of sitting there scratching my head like, huh, maybe I don't know what makes me happy. Like I really thought I did, but it seems like this church actually knows better than I do. 
yeah, the the church has been also around for quite some time, and like <laughs> right. like God really does want us to be happy. And there's there's often this this, uh, and I'd, I'd be curious to hear what, what you th- you think on it. Is like I'm sure that you found a lot of happiness before you before you um, converted, but <clears throat> there's this deep joy that it's a gift from God that Christians are given. We can have this deep joy even when things aren't going well. Where I could be, yeah. I could be sick. I could, you know, lose my my house. I could lose my my money. Like the story of Job, like he was still able to have joy. He wasn't happy, <laughs> you know. He was like, yeah. "Lord, why are you doing this? What's wrong with you?" But yet, right. like he still trusted in the Lord, and he still had this deep joy. And I would guess, and I'd like to hear what, what you think of what that transition was like for you from happiness to joy, or or both. Yeah, and actually, Taylor. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a note. We have to have you back on, and I will answer that question then because we are about out of time. I've got a hard break coming up. So just in the few seconds that we have left, tell us again where people can find you online and and where they can connect with you. Yeah, so ForteCatholic.com, F-O-R-T-E. It's because I'm the loud Catholic. If you haven't noticed, I'm a pretty loud person. (laughs) It has my podcast. It has my speaking, my, my music, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there you go. There's the song. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, all my social media is on there. So go to fortecatholic.com, and I'd love to get connected and go uh, come back on the show. Thanks. This is so much fun. Yeah, Taylor, we definitely want to have you back because I feel like we're just getting started on this conversation. So Jackie will be in touch about getting you booked. And in the meantime, Taylor, it has been so much fun to chat with you and keep up the great work. Yeah, God bless you. Have fun. All right, take care, Taylor. And we will be back with more after this. Jennifer for my show.